Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship to all who would stand for the reformation of Christ's church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. We are a ministry of union. Greetings and welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. My name is Justin Shell, your host. I'm so glad you're with us. I pray that our time together encourages you so that you are built up in the gospel, in the joy of the Lord, and that you begin, like our God, to overflow and bless the world. This is the third episode where we are hearing from Dr. Michael Reeves, president of Union and lecturer in systematics and historical theology and church history at Union School of Theology. In our first two episodes with Mike, he issued a call to reformation, an invitation for the church and especially her leaders to pray towards, partner towards, unite around the vision of a reformation for Christ's church worldwide. In this episode, he's going to answer the question, what is Reformation Fellowship? And honestly, if you've heard the previous two episodes, those are the reason. That's, that's why we exist. We want to see the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. And so that's why the Reformation Fellowship exists. But in this episode, Dr. Reeves is going to help us understand what the Reformation Fellowship is, how we hope to unite around that shared vision, and what that might mean for you. To learn more about Reformation Fellowship, you can always visit our website, reffellowship.org. I hope you enjoy hearing this final time from Dr. Michael Reeves on what is Reformation Fellowship. So friends, a, a, a short little mini slot now in which I want to pick up on this vision of Reformation. That our vision here is to see the reformation of Christ's church. And let's just be clear what we mean by that. What we mean is we want to see those beautiful truths that enlivened and refreshed the church 500 years ago to enliven and refresh the church again. We want to see the church be purified according to the word of God, to be more Christ-like, to be more radiant... And if you're in a great church, it's, I think it's quite easy to be um, a little blasé and forget quite how desperately in need of reformation the church worldwide is. But you look at, say, what, what did happen with the last reformation. Just look at the figure of Martin Luther. There's a man, a young monk, who's absolutely terrified of death. No assurance of what might happen to him when he dies. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation or if you're in a, um, uh, we've, we've got students in a Catholic majority context or Greek Orthodox um, majority context where that sort of belief can um, be very widespread. There is no assurance. There cannot be a contented enjoyment of God. And you just look at what Luther discovered in the gospel, how it transformed him, and how he was able to start speaking with 
adoration of the God who loves us first before we ever loved him. We've had students of ours who've talked about experiencing a personal reformation through studies, finding their view of the gospel, their view of God, brightened and enlarged, and that affecting their lives. And that's what I long to see. I want to see, when I talk about longing to see reformation, is I want to see the church released from the shackles of false teaching and hypocrisy and a lack of gospel-heartedness and a gospel culture to loudly trumpet those truths that bring joy to us and glory to God, which bring contentment and are the only means of bringing the joy that Paul commands. I want to see those truths trumpeted, driven into our hearts, so that we might see people who are finding their lives transformed and enriched and as they're given joy in knowing Jesus Christ through the gospel. That's our vision of Reformation. So when we say we want to see Reformation, yes, in the rearview mirror, we're thinking of what the Lord did through the Reformation 500 years ago, but it's not a history program. What we want to see is the Lord work globally today to see the reformation of his church today. And as we've, I've found, as I've talked with many friends and as others have been talking around, we've found so many like-hearted friends who've said, yeah, that's exactly what we want. Those are the convictions we share. That's the vision we share. We want to see that. But the problem was, we were wanting to say we'd love to be able to support each other more because we're, we've got the same convictions, the same vision. We want, we want the same stuff. So might we be able to support each other more? And a load of those guys, some of them were thinking, well, we'd love to send some students to you or we might be able to start a learning community. But some of them were saying, look, we'd love to stand with you, but... That's just not the place where we're at at the moment. We, we, we don't really have anyone who's a student. We, we're not, we don't have the capacity to set up a learning community. And yet, we, we'd love to somehow be in closer, more practical fellowship together. So, today, we're launching the Reformation Fellowship. And the Reformation Fellowship is all about binding like-minded, like-hearted believers who share those convictions and share that vision without having to have anything to do with union. So we want to say, look, if, if you share that vision and you go, look, we don't have any students, we don't particularly need to raise up any students, we don't have the capacity to, to have a learning community, so, so union isn't immediately, it seems to be helping with us. We don't want money from Union Mission right now. We've got too much of it. We, we, whatever it is, they're thinking, okay, that, that, we're not seeing quite how we might partner with Union together. Fine, we don't mind about that at all. But still, we would love 
to have better fellowship with you. And I'm seeing right across the world so many who, who have those convictions, have that vision, and they feel so alone. And students, if you're looking to go into the pastorate, this is a rampant disease across the world. Faithful pastors who are so alone. They feel cut off. They, they don't have good brothers and sisters who, who really know what it's like to pastor others. And so they feel alone. And so we've wanted to have something that could say, whether or not you've got anything to do with union, we don't really care about that, could we support you? Because we share the same convictions and we share the same vision. Together, might we be able to do things to work together towards the reformation of Christ's church? Could we help each other in that somehow? And, and I put it that openly to say, I don't know how we might do that. That's okay, because this isn't an institution we're setting up. It isn't a new denomination we're setting up. This is a fellowship where we're together, we're going to get around and talk. This is going to be people of different churches, different church backgrounds coming together, united simply by those things, those convictions, that vision. And the Reformation Fellowship will to do two really simple things. It will provide fellowship for people who've got that vision, and it will provide support for them. Don't feel alone. Let us help you. And what Union wants to do is just play an initial part in trying to get that going. Not to, not to be the, the driver in everything, but just get it going. To be a real fellowship together. There are some other fellowships that are trying to do some sort of similar things, and, and they've got great, they're often, they're, they're slightly targeted in what they're trying to do. We don't want to tread on anyone's toes. But if you've got this vision, and if this would be a blessing to you to have greater fellowship, more time together, greater support ongoingly, more resources given to you, well, this, we hope, will be a blessing. And, you know, I look back to what the Lord did in the First Reformation 500 years ago, and it was, again and again, groups of friends, not lone rangers, See, we tend to think of the big names. It was Calvin doing it and Luther doing it. But in reality, those men were surrounded by friends. There's um, one preeminent biographer of Calvin who says that he, you don't really understand him unless you know him as a good friend to friends, that he's rarely away much from his friends. His whole ministry is very marked by time with friends. And Luther's table talk is, is a, a famous example of how, again, there was something relational about the fellowship that they had together. And the thing is, see, I, couldn't you look at this and go, the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide, seriously? I mean, look at us. Really? 
We're going to have this grand ambition. It's just us. Really? But look at Wittenberg. It was just a few Saxons together around mud huts. Look at Geneva. It was just a few mostly Frenchmen and the odd Scot and others coming in. It was a, a few misfits coming together. And that fellowship for that vision, the Lord blessed and the world was changed. Churches were changed. Cultures were changed. And so I think there is a great need again for a fellowship that's actively spurring one another on, supporting one another so that we might see a reformation in our day. And if I can say one thing to you on this, friends, if you have any care for a vision like this, don't try to stand alone. And don't cheer from the sidelines. Get stuck in, get together, be in a band of brothers, be in a fellowship together to encourage each other to achieve this vision. And we might see the glory of God spilling out into churches, filling the earth. I'm going to ask Dustin to pick this up a little bit more, help us understand a little bit of the need internationally, some of what this is going to mean. Before we get back to our conversation, we want to let you know how you can become a member of the Reformation Fellowship. You've heard our heart here in interviews. You, you hear it every time a new episode opens up. You hear we, we're here to gather like-minded, like-hearted gospel ministers to uh, know one another, to encourage one another, and to partner together for the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. That's what we're about. And if that's your heart, you can go to reffellowship.org and register a free membership that gets you access to some, some discounts, some free goodies, access to, we're going to do some live, live conversations through Zoom with church leaders, with leading theologians and scholars as well. So go there to, to find out all about the benefits of membership. But I do want to draw your attention to one more benefit, March 22nd, 2022. In Naperville, Illinois, we're going to host a Reformation Fellowship gathering. It is a gathering for members of the fellowship and special invitees only. So we hope you'll join the fellowship. And we also hope you will consider joining us for what we're calling the Welcome to the Fellowship Gathering. This is a gathering of pastors, planters, theologians, and leaders seeking to know and encourage each other as well as to consider an invitation to greater gospel unity and partnership. The schedule will include plenary addresses by leaders such as Michael Reeves, Dane Orland, and Dustin Binge, as well as specific times for intentional networking and fellowship. It's a one-day gathering hosted by Naperville Presbyterian Church there in Naperville, Illinois. Again, go to reffellowship.org to join the Reformation Fellowship and to find details about the Welcome to the Fellowship March 22nd, 2022. We hope you'll put it on your calendar and we hope to see you there. Since I entered ministry about 20 or so years ago, and I'm still very young, so don't think that um, 
But over those 20 years, it's been amazing to me to survey evangelicalism, for instance, in the United States where I grew up. You have major seminaries in the states. You have major denominations in the states. You have pockets of Northern Baptists, Southern Baptists, Presbyterians, Methodists, Pentecostal, etc., etc. And then over about 15 or so years ago, it became very apparent of really the launching of the parachurch ministry. So the focus shifted slightly within the United States context from major churches and major evangelical pastoral names to the parachurch ministry. And then you have the advent of conference ministry and conferences begin to spring up everywhere and Now, though I may be a member of a very small 50, 60 member church, once a year I can get together with brothers and sisters in Christ from perhaps around the world in a stadium of five, six, 15,000 people. And we can sing together and talk and then go back to our corners and do ministry. But what I think that's created within the states as well as spilling out over internationally is very siloed ministry. Oh, I'm a this type of parachurch person. I belong to this group. I am a part of this ministry. And My talk later will include the church and how we need to love the church more than we love any type of ministry or parachurch ministry. But what's happened is we've become alone and siloed in our own corners, only coming together maybe once a year, maybe reading an article here or there published by those particular ministries, not getting lots of support, not really connecting me with brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe in my particular area. When I look back in church history, as Mike was saying, you have those major stalwarts throughout church history. Particularly, I'm thinking of Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s in Northampton, Massachusetts, during the Great Awakening and welcoming George Whitfield from the English shores to come and to preach. And when George Whitfield preached in Northampton, it was one of the only times that we know of Edwards. No doubt he did this often, but it's written down that as Whitfield preached, Edwards shed tears during the sermon, and there began a friendship and a fellowship, if you will, of joining hands transatlantically from Britain to the United States, and correspondence took place, and Edwards' books were published here, and we have some of Edwards' books that were published in Welsh, in our Welsh library that helped fuel the fires of the Welsh revival movement. And so you you have this transatlantic flavor that took place of brothers joining hands together 
for these grand movements of God. In other words, they were not siloed in their own ministries. Oh, I'm a TGC guy, or I'm a grace to you guy, or I'm a this guy, or a that guy, etc. And so when we began to talk about Reformation Fellowship, that's not what we wanted. Yeah, we may have a tie. It's pretty cool. We may have a lanyard. We may have a pin for your jacket. But we don't want you going around in some prideful way wearing a sign. Oh, I'm a Reformation Fellowship guy, as if that's the only thing in existence. No, this is a friendship. And if it just didn't sound so good to say fellowship, we would have said Reformation Friendship. (laughs) Because that seems to be what it is. It's the joining together of hands in a transatlantic way, in a South American way, in an African way, in an Asian way. Brothers and sisters around the world joining together to provide a home for those that sometimes feel theologically homeless. We read about a ministry, we get involved in that ministry, and then they sometimes publish articles or have some sort of conference, and we're just like, what is that? That's not me, that's not where I belong. Well, we desire to put that back into the hands of the church. This is about the church. This is about students and pastors and missionaries and parachurch ministry leaders and workers and servants and deacons and wives and husbands and moms and dads and all the rest of it looking for a place of mutual fellowship, friendship, joining together and connecting together with brothers and sisters in Christ during a time period when everyone seems to be quite wandering around, not really belonging anywhere not knowing really that many people in regard to ministry. And so that's the vision, that's the hope, is to really meet a need that we are now experiencing in the 21st century as many of these parachurch ministries, what I would say in the United States, go out and left field somewhere wandering around, losing mission, losing vision, losing focus, or churches doing the same, or men and women doing the same. We're wanting to come back under the banner of the gospel and provide you a home. So that's the need. That's what we desire. And we hope and we pray that you'll be a part of it and can join together with us around the world in that, in that hope. We're so glad you've joined us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please, in all those places, do not hesitate to reach out. Let us know how we can serve you, pray for you, serve your churches in any way possible. God bless.